Hi there, I'm RPG enthusiast and dungeon master Ryan Howard. Can't get enough RPG talk? Want to hear interviews with legends of the RPG world? Want to discover new and interesting games? Then let me recommend my show, Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard. Each week on Rollin' Bones, I have conversations with content creators, industry legends, and gaming enthusiasts about the world of RPGs. I also share stories from my gaming table and give advice for players and GMs alike. Sound like the show for you? Then roll your bones over to RollinBonesPodcast.com or the podcatcher of your choice and check us out. Rollin' Bones with Ryan Howard, your source for the best in RPG interviews. Greetings, peasants. Welcome to a special episode of the Knights and Nerds podcast. This is Tim. I'm the Dungeon Master, and I want to say thank you very much for listening to this. Today, we are coming to you from deep in the forests of somewhat northern Ontario. Not like way north Ontario, but more northern than I previously was. I want to apologize for the month-long absence, a month without this podcast. Katie and I are just getting settled into our new place, and uh, understandably things have been uh, hectic, a little bit more hectic than I expected. But you know what, that's just because I'm such a darn optimist. I always think that things aren't going to be quite as busy as they are. Things aren't going to take quite as long as I think they will, and then of course I'm always busier. Things always take longer. Oh well, it happens. And I want to put to rest any concerns of what's happening with the podcast, because I have been just messaging back and forth with Candace, Matt, and Tom, and other Matt, and Sarah, and Kevin, and we're really excited to, you know, keep keep things going with the podcast. Of course, we're still, like I said, uh, still getting settled here, so don't expect a brand new campaign to start Uh like next week or anything, but but you know, we are looking at our schedules and figuring out when we can start to record. So it is something that you can look forward to in the very near future. I want to thank a couple people, uh, LSU Swim and Bethany Canfield, who left some very kind reviews on iTunes. Thank you both very much for that. And a couple reviews on Podchaser that I had not seen until recently because because I'm not very diligent with keeping up, uh, you know, with all the various podcasting platform websites, but Podchaser looks pretty cool. It's got a pretty slick website, so I want to thank Lucas Duff and Tyler Peterson for your reviews. Thank you both very much, Uh, and if you are enjoying these episodes and you want to help us out, uh, you can leave us a rating or review wherever you like, or you can tell a friend, hey, listen to this podcast. Those things would help us out greatly. You could also help us out by checking out our friends over at nerdychicken.ca. They have some really cool RPG accessories, and you can get a discount on some of the stuff with the discount code NERDYNIGHTS, N-E-R-D-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T-S, NERDYNIGHTS. And you know what? I don't really have much else to say other, other than just to reassure you that we're, you know, 
working hard towards getting uh, the new new episodes going. Uh, I'm really going to be putting an emphasis at the beginning of, of this new campaign about the writing process. So there's probably going to be three or four DM episodes, right? Like probably even before the first like campaign uh, actual play episode. That's my hope. But this episode is a sort of a debriefing chat that I had with Katie, Candace, Matt, and Tom. And out of all the people that I've thanked over the 60 plus episodes of this podcast, I feel like I want to thank them, especially my players, without whom this adventure would not have unfolded the way it did. So uh, if you're listening, friends, thank you very much for putting your trust in me. Like they're, they're the real heroes here, you know, in inside and outside of the game. They're, they've trusted me. They've, you know, went along with this whole scheme of, you know, let's make a podcast, uh, even though it definitely comes with some sacrifices. So I really owe a lot to my players. Thanks, guys. It's been a lot of fun. And I hope the next campaign is just as much fun, if not more fun. You know what? No, just as much fun. I can't handle any more fun. I'm in my mid-30s. I can't, I can't take too much excitement. So anyways, enjoy this sort of casual chat that we've recorded. And keep an eye on our Facebook page or our Twitter feed or our Discord, to which I will include a link in the show notes here, uh, for updates on when you can expect new episodes after this one. All right. So we're here. It has been, I think, a month since we played our last session. Um, so we've had some time to digest and reflect on on things that have happened. Forget it all. And so we're just going to sort of chat about a few things to kind of get everyone's take on it, everyone's hot take. Uh, first off, uh, Two and a half years this this took. I don't know how long the podcast has been publishing episodes for, but we started recording February 2018. We stopped mm-hmm. June 2020. Wow. So almost two and a half years. There was a bit of a hiatus because somebody <laughs> Tom was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> um and we were we were just sort of talking about this even before we started recording. Over the span of that time, we went through several different setups. We started in uh, Matt and Candace in your basement, <laughs> in the kids' recording playroom. with a variety of USB kids. microphones. Yeah. yeah, in in various uh, arrangements. We had the box and with all we, the things sitting on the floor. Sitting on yeah. the floor, putting putting mm-hmm. blankets up around everything to try and the mute the echo. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take us to even figure out that to put cushions on the ground? That was an upgrade. I, I fondly <laughs> recall. <laughs> Cushion technology was a big game changer for us. <laughs> I don't know. Too long. And then, I think. like a year in, we got the we got kickstarted, and then. Uh, coronavirus booted us back to our respective homes and we can no longer really make <laughs> proper such, use of our great equipment. Such bullshit. Mm-hmm. After our such know, generosity from all of our listeners. We got a, a, the, the fact the, the fact that we cannot record in person is the most annoying thing about this global pandemic. I know. <laughs> Nothing else. 
That's coming no from one someone who works in an ICU. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think, Tom, you may be the exception, but I think everyone else is probably the longest campaign that we've played. Um, no, like, no, not Candace. No, not for me. Oh, oh not for Candace. Right. You yeah. did have another one that you, uh, that went on for quite some time. So, I mean, this is the longest one that I have done. And depending on uh, your decisions to towards the final few uh, episodes could have really stretched it out for another couple of months, to be, to be totally honest. Uh, but, I mean, what did you think about the, the duration? Were there, were there points where you felt like things were moving along much more briskly? Were there parts that were dragging for you? What, do, what does everybody think? Why don't we start with uh, Candace? Why don't we start with you? Okay. Um, I would say for me, the the very beginning moved quicker for me, like a lot more uh, direction, I think we felt we had. And I think we actually had a conversation about it after. But when we got back from out from underneath the dark, we didn't know what to do. Like when we came out from underground. And there was just that, like, do we go to Tall Hill? Are we doing this? Are we traveling? And it was a lot of, I don't know. And then once we got to Boldbrook, we again had no idea what to do. And I felt like, because it was so open-ended for us, we did not do, uh, we did not thrive in an open-ended situation. (laughs) We needed a little bit of, like, come this way. There's a side quest over here. Come this way. It'll help your main storyline. So would you have preferred it um, if after the trip to the underground, um, when you had come back from the ruins, if the next part of your quest to get the dragon bone was maybe only one or two options? Maybe. Like much more narrow? I I think personally for me, I think we would have done better with that, like a either or situation over our large. Cause I think the more people you have and the more differing opinions and then the more options sort of creates this paralysis. And we all like to not argue a ton. Though we do. We, Shut uh, the fuck up, Candace. Don't think <laughs> <me>. Shut up, <laughs> Katie. I hate you. This is why you can't come over anymore. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like it, it would have made it faster. And I don't think there would have been, I think there was a couple episodes where literally it was three hours of us just discussing options. Yeah. That's I, I, I think the same, like in terms of um, the pace of things, I, those, those times where we were yeah, in those situations of being, I guess, open-ended, like you said, with no real direction, I don't dislike that in terms of the gameplay. Uh, but I think in terms of recording and making a podcast where things are, we're trying to be a little bit more concise in our decisions and, um, you know, trying to, to condense a session into a, a, a digestible amount of time for people to listen to. I think that's when it got a little bit, um, for, for us, I think we got bogged down. Yeah. I think, I think there were, there were a few episodes where even like, as I listened back to them, I thought, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of just, talking amongst ourselves where we really didn't accomplish almost anything. And if we're just hanging out and, and playing, I don't mind that so much, but I, I feel like I, I hope that people who were invested in the storyline and listening to the podcast didn't get to those episodes and think, eh, this episode's boring. Like I'm just going to skip through this until something better happens. Um, 
but uh yeah i don't know i i think i think there were a few a few time a few points like that where we just kind of had no yeah, because we had no set direction, we and kind of had this, yeah. Not to say that the discussions were bad. Like, again, yeah. those discussions needed to happen because we needed to kind of all voice our opinion on what we thought was going on and where we could go with it. It just like, I think that what Matt was saying, it just to me seemed like it dragged more as an episodic recording. So I'll, yeah. I'll say that, like, yeah, that, that was definitely like a standout point. And I think it was like our transition point because we had started in a contained city with very few people and an immediate threat. Mm-hmm. Then we spent a bunch of time in the underground, but that was also very goal driven. Mm-hmm. And then once that ended, it was the first time where it was like, now you have to leave. And we were leaving home and we didn't know anyone or anything or the land. We were learning the map and like, you know, we we didn't even have too many NPC connections to where all our different options of where we were going to go next. So it was kind of just like walking out blind. So it it took a lot of discussion, but it's like when you know, play. That's interesting. That's interesting that you say uh, NPC connections because that wasn't even something that I thought of to to sort of shoehorn in like hmm. um, some kind of story threads, potential story threads. Like, oh well, I know somebody over here, so that's where we should go. Yeah. So, you know, we were able to ask you like, well, where are things? Where's other cities? You know, where are these other places? But we just had to go. So we just met the dwarves there. We just walked into their city. But like, I I still remember the first time we got to that city and we just wanted to go talk to everyone. Yeah. Like if you were playing a game in Skyrim, but I'm just going to talk to everyone I can and visit all the little shops because I know absolutely nothing. Those, those episodes were like the times where you've, you've finished that side quest and you're like, okay, I guess I'm going to go in this direction. And as you're going there, you know, you find 60 different caves and little things along the way. So you're like, well, I guess I'll go explore in here and see, talk to every person I can. And, <laughs> and then this little 10 minute mission takes 16 hours. I think for yeah. um, Bold Brick, when we first got there too, you had uh, our NPCs that we came into contact with. There was no, and this isn't bad. I'm going to say this, but there was no like, this is a good guy. This yeah. is a bad guy. You're like, these people are all shitty. What do I do? do like we knew that dane was a powerful guy but we also knew that he was super strict and lawful and it was mm-hmm. like he had all these flaws that made him a little bit scary and there's our cat charlie get off the table <laughs> though i did enjoy like okay so i'd say maybe the transition from like leaving the city and getting to Boldbrook for the first time was we were finding our legs mm-hmm. uh, for a bit but i did really enjoy when we got there that you know, there was factions and it was vague enough that there was good things and there was bad things about either one. And mm-hmm. that was like a really enjoyable point for me, almost because there was there was clear options of where we could go and who we could try and ally with. But we didn't know which was the right answer, if there was a right answer. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't, I don't think. I think we could have gone all the different directions. And that was the point. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it we even... could have just robbed the dwarves and yeah. that would have been different. It, like, Join it, the bear hearts. That, that even created some conflict within our group, right? With Faye wanting to <laughs> wanting to pledge yeah. loyalty. Faye to she wanted her right. reference multiple yeah. times. <laughs> yep. We didn't get the heist. We didn't and get I mean, the bear hard alliance. And <laughs> in the end, the damn temple got ransacked anyway and the golden dragon bones were stolen so mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is it is interesting but then we wouldn't have got to write an awesome song about a fire dragon and burn down half of old brook 
<laughs> that was pretty neat as uh-huh. well. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I think part of what uh, really maybe added on some some time here uh, was, I, I guess, a couple of factors in my mind is that it was a if it, it was a difficult problem, and you you had kind of sort of backloaded the campaign with all of your enemies, like I, I had anticipated that Arizax and Agaran would probably be out first in terms of of your bad guys that you'd probably get rid of them first, and then the mm-hmm. Githyanki would show up, and then Mind Flares at the end. And then <laughs> I thought that the ultimate choice, I thought the ultimate choice would be like, do you partner with the Githyanki knowing that, like, that they're maybe the lesser of the evils, but that empowering them could lead to dire consequences too? Uh, so that was kind of my, from the outset, that's kind of how I thought it was going to to happen but isn't that the theme we never do what you think we're gonna correct do? yeah i i really want there to be a section of this where you talk to us about some of those highlights where there was actual moments mm-hmm. where we were just went like left when you thought we we're gonna go right <laughs> because yeah, i be we haven't got to hear about those right <laughs> oh geez well the biggest one obviously closer to the end where you fought Arizax instead of teaming up with them. You'd you'd been teaming up with people left and right. And then <laughs> suddenly you were just like, no, no, Don't dude. start me on that one. <laughs> Would I... So I thought, for, I, actually, there were a couple of hard left turns that you guys made um, in the last, like, 10 episodes. So I had first recorded a, a campaign planning episode with Sarah and Matt. And I was pretty sure, and I was trying to guide you towards having the final encounter at Tall Hill, like a place that you knew you were choosing the mm-hmm. ground, like you were choosing the the area of confrontation that would give you some benefits. And then when when uh, Matt, when Spruce was training the militia there, I was like, this is great. This is perfectly setting the stage for them to lead the defense of Tall Hill when it turns into like a three-sided attack and then you just left and you're like, no, let's go get the staff. <laughs> yeah, we, we gotta go deliver the cure and... and well, that. yeah, that was it. Like, that's kind of what I was planning on happening too. That's why I invested the time to do all of that. And I thought we were doing the same thing. And I was like, okay, I guess we'll go to Tall Hill to drop off the the whatever, try and get the staff and then come back. And then it just all popped off. And we were like, oh, <laughs> guess all of that was for nothing. Yeah, we even brought all those supplies over and reinforced the town. <laughs> yeah, all those nails and lumber and burlap. <laughs> <laughs> so I had, after you had decided to like, it's a heist now, I called up Matt and Farragut and I was like, okay, we need to record again because they've like everything that we just decided, like talked about is crap and it's not going to happen. And then, what we thought was going to happen also didn't happen. <laughs> what did you think was going to happen? I thought you were going to team up with Arizax. Mm-hmm. You were going to go with, into into the underground with the Githyanki. That's like where you would go at. Like, okay, we'll all all go after the mind flares. You would have followed Gilly's locate object uh, down into the ruins again, where all the swirling, maddening darkness is. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, and that's what trauma does to you. It makes you not want to repeat your trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so so excited for that for a few reasons because um, you know you still hadn't figured out 
uh, Arizax's true nature that he was a dragon polymorphed as a human for, you know, masquerading mm-hmm. as a as a pathetic human for decades. <laughs> um, and you remember when you got to the ruins when you had to make wisdom saving throws immediately to see what short-term madness that you might succumb to? Yeah. Yeah, like when Gilly Imagine started. that times a hundred for that like all the all the dwarves, oh my God. all the other NPCs you would have brought down there. It would have been they start awesome. eating all their cakes. Been, yeah, I was gonna say when Gilly started eating his clothes. <laughs> that was normal. He, he, <laughs> he, he crit punched Van in, in the back. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have the yeah, that was before I was fighting bears, though. It didn't do that much damage. <laughs> it wasn't a sneak attack, so. That's so funny. <laughs> Did you ever reveal the riddle? No. No. Nope. Okay. We talked about it. I, like, a minute ago, I was literally mouthing it because he was like, well, we set uh, up this really hard problem. I'm like, yeah, fucking fire from water. You did say there was a time when we went back to Invedius and he said he tried to open it and it self-destructed. And we asked if you would tell us and you said no, but we'll talk about it after we're done the campaign. Yes. So you have to tell us. We're talking about it now. Any final guesses before he tells us the answer? We just thought alcohol was the thing that everyone kept saying. It has to be still the ice breath. Yeah, it has to be something from the Dragonborns that we killed, that (laughs) Faye murdered in cold blood. Yeah. (laughs) Defended a city from, guys. Defended the city. Leave it to the (laughs) bard. Are we sure we don't want to leave this until the end? Because I think it might put everyone in a bad mood. You want to end it on a bad note, eh? I will, instead of having the rest of the conversation on a bad note. No, you're going to do it, and we're going to bring it back and get mad at you continuously. You got to tell us Uh, now. All right. So it did have to do with creating, like, with using one of the Dragonborn's ice breath powers to create a bit of ice that you could hold in your hand. Right? Okay. And then it... Then it involved the drift globe that Vanna had at that point using the daylight function to create light, to focus the light through the ice, using the ice like a lens, like a magnifying glass to create heat. (laughs) Okay, that's hella complicated. And water, which is really a reflective surface. So we could have done it with a glass instead of ice. Yeah, a glass of water. Would that have worked? <laughs> a glass of water would have worked. Or sure. even just like a lens or the a shiny but side it, of my dagger. But it had to be water. Here, it had to be water. It had to be a lens thing of water. Know? How would the box know the difference between because it's magic. Light. It's a magic box. Because <laughs> it's Tim's box. Is it a sentient magic box? <laughs> well, you know what? I actually, I'm not even mad because we would never, ever, ever have gotten that. No, we never would have gotten that. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like that one you thing. thought it was going to be easy. Right? I did not think it was going to be well, easy. I thought, you were, I thought you said something to the effect that like, oh, I, you, you did think we'd get it eventually. Like, well, You did say you I thought mean, it was you have gotten more. I think you could have gotten maybe more out of the Dragonborn if... if <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't died under mysterious circumstances. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Mysterious. So wait, so what I was mean, in, in it? hindsight? Oh, um, it was like a staff of healing was one okay. of the things. That would have been cool. Uh, a few, a few decent 
level spell scrolls that you could use. And then there were some um, little golden statuettes of lions that you can throw and they become real lions. What? Oh, more pets. More pets oh, for Dilly. Like yeah, I the mean, thing, ultimately that's we, something else we, I will talk to is just the sheer number of fucking NPCs that you guys can summon. Yeah. <laughs> I get a whole bunch of animal companions and I didn't even go druid this time. I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was also going to say, we, we also, throughout the entire campaign, we attained and collected a lot of magical items that we really never utilized. Like a lot of stuff that could have come in handy a lot of times that we just, it went into our inventory and we just never even gave it a second thought. But it did provide us a few fun surprises like the wand of magic missiles. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I like, how long did we have that friggin' blizzard (laughs) wand or whatever it was? The ice staff. The ice staff. Mm -hmm. I found it on that wizard guy when we went and got the bone in the desert, I believe. Yeah, it was when we yeah, were on the way to the fire circle, right? Yeah. Like, did we, and did you ever, did, you used it once, I think. I like used it once. one of the last episodes. Yeah, I had it like a year. That's crazy. <laughs> like, that's such a cool thing. <laughs> it only had three charges. We even fought a dragon. <laughs> I could have used, used the magic missile wand every single day. Yeah. Like, oh my God. But, How many times did you use your, um, uh, what the the little uh, what's it called the the chime of opening? How many times did you use it? Oh, like a couple, and I think we had two. Didn't yeah, I never, one? I didn't use mine once. I had one the whole time okay. too. I never used it once. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's not true. It I I used it only in, in the, the dream episodes. the dream episode when we were in Phase World. <sighs> yeah, I used it to open up the little thing to, and it unbuckled what's go. his name's pants, and his pants fell around his ankles. <laughs> 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 that was the only time I used the chime of opening. It was funny. So obviously we did not rely on magic items and things like that. So who oh, knows? We could have yeah, opened the chest I, and never used anything from it. The whole time, like I had full notated lists of in like different bags of all the items mm-hmm. that we had collected. Yep. You know, I had a nice little horde of stuff going on, but You did. It was it was a very uh a very gnomish collection. So what did you guys think of Mind Flayers as an enemy? Scary. Have any of you like, played against them before in, uh, in any other D&D games? No, no. I had never heard of them. Yeah, I have in my secret games that I play on the side that you don't know about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not. Yeah, I've read books with Mind Flayers in it, so I was so familiar with you know the, the creatures a bit and some lore behind them. Um, but never had to face them at all. I think they're a fantastic enemy, uh, especially for campaigns that you run, Tim, that are really like story driven. Because I think they're such a maniacal, intelligent enemy that you get a lot of fun stuff. And they're never the first ones you fight. Like you threw so many people in front of us before we could get to them. And they could all have been like thralls right that's yeah. the one thing that gets me is like mm-hmm. you don't know who to trust therefore it makes every new acquaintance you make and even old acquaintances <laughs> spoken like a true fae <laughs> <laughs> well, it let's us fight um pe- like pe- people and creatures that normally wouldn't be together mm-hmm. yeah um, because yeah, yeah. the mind flayers don't care everything's you know subservient to them Whereas if you were fighting like a necromancer, well, there's going to be skeletons and zombies and stuff, but it'd be really weird for them to like work with, I don't know, orcs, something like. Yeah, the, uh, the, mind, you can 
You can use any creature. The idea of them being able to create these thralls and really create an army if they wanted to was really, it was, it was really cool. And then, and then putting that in the backdrop of this new life addiction, which made people more susceptible to it to begin with. That was really cool. Um, I will say that when I was, when I became most worried about them was actually when we recorded the little one-off episode with where we played the dragonborn. And yeah, I was gonna say we went thing. down into yeah. that basement and all of a sudden these creatures came out and they just decimated us. Like, yeah. and I was like, oh. day, there was one of them. Like, yeah, yeah, there was one. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is what we're up against. Well, they decimated you guys. Yes. Well, they turned you into yeah. their thrall. <laughs> yeah. But I was still the victorious. So yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, sobering. That was a big wake up call. Yeah. How, uh, brutal they could be it was a really fun episode to do though that was a i like tom we were sad you weren't there but that was a fun episode to do (laughs) yeah it's 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 it was a challenge for me to create encounters with them uh because their their abilities are just like they are not super strong like they're not very resilient at all yeah Mm -hmm. but you put two of them in a room and like you know if if both of them get to do a mind blast. It's kind of like game over because if you serve, if like, what are the odds that you're going to pass two intelligence saving throws? No one's intelligence was super high. And so nobody had a really good intelligence saving throw. And and there's a, there's a, an encounter creator, uh, a website called Kobold fight party. And (laughs) I was like, tooling around with like encounters like okay i've got like all these like thralls that are like challenge rating one or like one half and like a mind flayer and it'll tell you like based on the number of characters and the level of those characters is this a medium easy hard or or deadly encounter Mm. as soon as you put two mind flayers in it it always goes to deadly (laughs) (laughs) because just their 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 abilities are really gross um especially the last mind flare that you fought who didn't get to bust out his mind blast he didn't get to use telekinesis he didn't get to use a whole lot of stuff we can talk about that mm. later um but um yeah and their ability to mind control people was something that i sort of like they do get that but like rules as written it's not that like if you read the lore they're much more threatening, but like when you read the stats, it's like, oh, this is it. Like mm. one of them can dominate a creature for for one hour, and I was like, no, that that doesn't seem to live up to the threat that everyone thinks they are. So I was like, they can make thralls endlessly. All they need is time to just churn out these new personalities. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, yeah, based on like our first encounter with them, I was pretty worried about encountering them in our actual campaign because I'm like, oh my god, this is going to be so challenging. But ultimately, I'm super like impressed with how we handled it. We I squashed them quite well. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, and I had, you know what, I had a, I had a specific number of them in mind. I, I knew how many there were because like even one showing up is like you know, can fundamentally change the course of like how, how a society uh, survives, you know, like if one of them shows up in a village, like that village is going to be taken over super quickly. If it shows up outside of a town or in a town, like 
you know, they they just need time. Like they insinuate themselves places and they just need time to just start manipulating and their influence gradually spreads. It doesn't need to be a whole army. It only needed to be a handful of them. Um, having said that, uh, yeah, the, the final encounter, I think, was very heavily laden with, with NPCs. Hmm. And even with a lot of them running away, including your primary damage dealer <laughs> running away. Hi. Bye, Vinny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You still, you still managed to um, win the day. Well, Gilly uh, did. So <laughs> let's, be, let's be clear. Everyone their part. Let's be clear. Uh, I think if there's Spruce, a if Spruce, Spruce did like <laughs> Spruce so, occupied. I mean, just, the, was a tough episode. Spruce occupied Agarand. That was the only thing Spruce did. Well, you did aces at that, buddy. Good job. <laughs> uh, thanks. If I can, if you just want to talk about what you what everyone's thoughts of the final encounter were both from like a narrative standpoint and from like a gameplay standpoint mm. uh what was everyone's opinion like i know i have plenty of hindsight things that i would have changed to get everyone else's thoughts first do you katie do you want to go first sure um she wasn't even there <laughs> my gut reaction is like frustration because i was unable to be especially helpful mm. um and just not knowing and not really having a way to overcome that uh, that command so at least i had the horn and at least they could do something on my behalf but it was uh yeah frustrating not to be able to use my skills to to help out more um, in terms of the narrative, I just always assumed that like getting uh Kalira back would be like a big part of the end. So I was just surprised. At what well, yeah, I can. I mean, that that was something that I talked uh, with one of our listeners about, uh-huh. about whether or not she should come back. And I was kind of torn because bringing her back is like, you know, it's a worthy goal. But at the end, like you bring her back and then she wins the day or helps you win the day. I kind of wanted the victory mm. to be more yours. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And now it's more open-ended than like, oh, and things are restored back to normal, the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. I just I guess I always kind of thought of that as like at least my character's like major goal. Well, in my in my mind when I first like when I when we were first starting out with this, I thought that at some point there would be that you'd go like plane hopping, like going from dimension to dimension, <laughs> uh, even bef- even before the uh, the Well of Many Worlds showed up. I thought you'd go to like the uh, what is it called the the City of Doors sigil, which is like this hub, interplanar hub that basically like l- like leads like a like the hub of a of a spoked wheel like leads to all these other planes, mm-hmm. and it's controlled by this character called the Lady of Pain, who's like more powerful than a god it's crazy oh. cool and i was like super excited to go like to do this crazy inter interplanar adventure but it just didn't pan out that way i feel like that would have well that's like the second season or the spin-off show that comes after our show yeah you know high level characters traveling across the plains i was just gonna say think of how much difficulty we had just within the few cities and places that we were. <laughs> Imagine if we had like an infinite number of planes of existence to go to. Oh my God. Oh God. This podcast would have gone on forever. 
uh, now that I've had time for it to process and be over, I think one was I was really expecting what you had intended, that big siege and that big battle. And I was saving a lot of things for that, like momentous, like we're standing on the hill, all of our NPC friends and like Dane Ruby ships are below us. They're running in and we're just like going straight for the mind flares and like just having that bloody battle. So maybe a little bit like, eh, I'm sorry that didn't happen. If that makes sense. But I still think that narrative wise, it was a cool experience. Uh, I always love when Gilly does some sweet moves and just somehow Tom is just too smart with how gameplay works and how to use a turn like to the max advantage <laughs> and is able to just like turn around and kill someone. That was really cool. And uh, yeah, I was, I'm still happy with how it ended. I think I was frustrated with. Okay. <laughs> it sounds very sure. Okay, I'm frustrated with the. I frustrated with how I last spoke at the end of the episode because I was just like upset that it was over and I was bumbling over my words. So I have like beat myself up for that multiple times since it happened. And uh, so I think part of that leaves a bad taste in my mouth. But overall, I really think that the story was still like a great story and it was emotional and losing spruce and having these moments was still, was still good. You know, I was, I was really trying to, to think of like ways to maximize your effectiveness because you're like, Faye was not a character created to fight. Nope. Um, <laughs> you deliberately made her that way, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, is, is a really interesting choice and <laughs> when everyone else no, no, I, I, me. I, I, I legitimately mean that it was a very very neat choice uh when things started to to look towards like they might wind up at tall hill i was like okay i won't bring in this idea but i had this idea that arizax would have this like a loudspeaker you know how like if you're in a uh like a really authoritarian society, or if you played Half-Life 2, there's like a loudspeaker going with like blaring propaganda at you all at okay, all times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that he would have essentially this like magical loudspeaker, um, <laughs> essentially like constantly threatening the city, uh, like a megaphone <laughs> from the top of the tower, uh, oh being like threatening them, like, or like, one hand threatening them, one hand offering rewards to like find Alwyn and find these like troublesome adventurers, and that somehow you would wind up there and like playing your music, and because you can influence people on New Life with your charm abilities, that it would come down to some kind of like the party having to protect you while you played for long enough <laughs> for people to to hear this, and then you could have like taken taken control of the city. Or at least a large chunk of it. I really wanted to take control of the city. That's okay. <laughs> you didn't want to take control of it. You wanted to just be adorned, adored, uh, adored by, it. by everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, what are you? What are your thoughts on the uh, on the final battle there? Um. Yeah, it went. <laughs> I, I it don't did. know. I don't know. If it- <laughs> It was right. I, I I couldn't have predicted a bunch of stuff. I think uh, when I was playing it, I was playing in the moment. Um, when I look back on it, it feels really weird because 
thank you. Because you, because yeah, you I don't Spurs. know why I felt so comfortable with like Matt going <laughs> off on his own. Like that was a weird choice that we were all okay with in the moment that in hindsight probably wasn't a good idea to split the party on the final battle. Um, and I of course felt very uncomfortable about my actions that sure that led to Matt's <laughs> death, screwed his death. I'm still a little bit in denial that it was necessarily my fault, but <laughs> I really couldn't see the other option. Like, well, in all seriousness, if we're talking about it now, like what would have been the other way it went? So like I, I surrendered, we don't fight the mind flayer. How does that play out at that point? Hmm. Well, we'll never, so we'll never been, know, will we? <laughs> you would have had to have uh, changed, like they, from there, they would have gone underground, I think, to, to, put the rest of the thing together and you would have had to have chased after them and had another fight potentially at a greater disadvantage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's no, no easy decisions, right? Not Um, It it would also depend like if, if they would have held up their end of the bargain and actually destroyed the staff when Gilly gave the stones, right? Because if they did, then we could have freed the warriors Alliance and then gone underground with at least more, more people plus the dwarves and stuff. So yeah, it's interesting. I think it was tough that we had like fought very unified all the way to get in there. And then the final boss, we were very fragmented. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Matt, Miss Bruce went off on his own to go down a hallway to face Vanna that. Ran. Um, Vanna ran away bravely, bravely. <laughs> ran away. <laughs> and f- Fan and I are both kind of independent characters and we have our niche things and that's what we do. And we have things that we also don't really do. Mine is killing. And (laughs) (laughs) unless it's completely uncalled. Yes. (laughs) Also, mine is killing because I kill things, but I don't necessarily do much else. Yeah. So, I mean, Matt, I'll I'll get to you in a, in a sec here, but I sort of wanted to offer my, my, thoughts on what happened and sort of what I would have done differently. So I, I knew that with reasonable certainty that the Horn of Valhalla would have been blown. Um, so that's, you know, what I didn't want to do is like have it, have this huge initiative order, which is exactly what we ended up mm. with and having like one round of initiative take like 40 minutes. So I, I think I probably would have controlled the outcome a bit better. Now I knew that I knew that I had to change your objective from the staff to something else. So in my mind, that was separate one or more party members and put them in like mortal jeopardy. That was my plan from the start. Uh, that's why the uh, the mind flare projected an illusion of itself, a very convincing illusion. Uh, got one party member off on their own. And then I think I'd mentioned before the actual mind flare would have used telekinesis to move the cage in the center of the room to block off that doorway to prevent whoever went that way from, from rejoining. And they would have been sort of hostage, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was really wanting to shift the focus of the, of the, combat from getting the staff to uh saving saving a party member i think what i would have done differently was 
perhaps control when the berserkers showed up by maybe having all of the thralls charge you right away and force you to summon them immediately and then do a mind blast to like really thin out the npcs Mm -hmm. uh probably would have had the mind flare like levitate right from the start instead of walking on the ground like an idiot (laughs) just levitating all the time um other than that it's like this was a deadly encounter so it's not like Matt at that point already had two failed death saving throws by the time um I guess the death blow mm-hmm. came so I think even if Gilly did nothing there was a chance that Matt uh, that Spruce would have died regardless so yep. it's you could have I mean worst case scenario I think you surrender you surrender those things that they were looking for and then you're forced to go underground shorthanded yeah. or you know without spruce yeah i mean i i felt very uh like an individual in that moment because spruce was gone vanna was gone and like yeah um Faye's not much of a fighter so i thought at best you know she might have a small chance of being able to save spruce and like help him out but um it was a tough spot for me to be in yeah, it was a it was a difficult encounter, and I kind of I you know I had anticipated that it could possibly be the final one. You know what I said before after you guys killed that shapeshifter, like you know you put a bad guy in front of your heroes, and chances are they're going to kill it, and that's kind of what happened. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Matt, uh, why don't sorry before we get to Matt, and I guess. Yeah, a part of me feels like maybe it was a bit anticlimactic because the party was so fragmented. But I guess that's kind of a a byproduct of the type of enemy that you were facing and what they were trying to do. They were trying to isolate um, party members. Like they they wanted to isolate whoever chased after the illusion for one. And then they wanted to isolate Gilly knowing that he had those objects by telling everyone not Gilly to run away. Mm So that was their plan, was to to divide and conquer. Uh, so Matt, what are your thoughts on on how everything went down? Um, yeah, so I think I also, like I said, had the had the uh, or was anticipating that our final encounter would end up kind of back at Tall Hill, where we had the. the why did everybody thought that and then it just didn't happen? Well, I didn't think Tall Hill. That would be the one thing. I thought it was going to be a big battle. We were trying to keep I them away from Tall Hill because well, there was like no one why, there. Yeah, because uh, I think some some that was sort of asserted that you didn't want. I don't remember if that was you or Tom or both or or other. I can't. I don't exactly remember, but it was kind of asserted like we don't want to bring the fight here because we've established some things in this town that we don't necessarily want to put at risk anymore. These people are innocent. Blah 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 blah. Um, whatever outside yeah. of Tall Hill, even we kind of anticipated that, and then we went we went into the city, and we kind of had this idea. And this is this kind of also goes back to when we're talking about like, you know, when we don't have a specific direction or thing, a, a specific thing we're trying to accomplish. Of we we get into these discussions, and I feel like there were multiple discussions where things were kind of hashed out only halfway, and then when we got to the city we didn't have this solid plan. And so we, you know, we, we had kind of thought, all right, we'll go in, we'll deliver the, 
the cure and will try and get the staff and then leave. That was sort of the idea of what we were going to try and do. But then we thought, okay, well, you know, if we can't get the staff right away, we're probably going to have to fight Arizax. And that did happen. But then it all kind of came to a head without us being able to leave and, and get things into the position where where we were in a little bit more control. So I think, yeah, that was maybe the the result of of a few different things coming together, not having the a solid plan going in and and whatever. Um when it came down to the final the final encounter, um I mean like I I do think Tim that you're kind of right in in the sense of it being a little bit anticlimactic um only because I was expecting this big this big battle like Candace said I was expecting this like you know the battle of helm's deep with these two massive armies that we had spent so much time <laughs> trying to get right <laughs> trying to get the dwarves and you know trying to train the people of tall hill and uh trying to uh, create this cure so that the mind flayers didn't have this army of thralls. And and we had spent so much time doing all of this and then it kind of all was irrelevant. Um, so I was, that was kind of the picture I had in my head um, in terms of being anticlimactic because of how the party was separated and stuff. I don't, I don't think that made it um, anticlimactic. I think that made it kind of a real, um, I don't know. I think it was interesting because we hadn't been in a position like that and we were going into this this sort of unknown still with the goal of we need to get that staff. And so, you know, when we went in and Spruce saw someone with the staff and I mean, the main reason Spruce went after the the mind flayers because he had the movement and the speed and the ability to do it. Um and so maybe it wasn't a very well thought through move to make but it it was you know at the time we were under pressure it was we were in a this time crunch because the iron guardians had started attacking the city and all of this so you know we were kind of acting very very quickly and so yeah that separated the group and then and then the mind flayer made the command and separated us further and um it's i, I don't know i thought it was i i don't think that made it uh anticlimactic i think that made this interesting dynamic to it because now we're all in these in these different areas and positions as a direct result really of of our own choices well except for uh, for vanna running away that wasn't her choice (laughs) (laughs) i agree i thought it made it i don't know it added an element of challenge and it made it more tense i think than having like oh great we're all together like usually yeah. it was really actually it's it was very frustrating i think but that i think that is a good thing it was mm-hmm. frustrating in a good way because it yeah we had had so many encounters where we went in and and i think maybe i don't know if if tim you just kind of underestimated us at times in terms of our fighting abilities or what where we went into these situations and kind of made you know fairly quick work of of enemies that maybe we shouldn't have and uh and so to go into this and get separated immediately and have people running away and everything it was it was a really interesting change from what we had had in other encounters it was definitely new for me too and i think going back i would have done uh, like those things differently and i think i also would have probably probably made some like layer actions that occurred to me afterwards that at one point i referred to the keep as the f- or somebody said mind flare layer, and then I was like, <laughs> flare layer. 
And then I was like, wait, why didn't why didn't I create like layer actions? They were clearly like mm-hmm. making that place their home, and layer actions add a really necessary part, uh, like uh, add a necessary um, degree of difficulty yeah. to to a battle. But like, uh, it just would have been, a, I think, a neat thing to explore, like what a mind flare layer can do mm-hmm. as its layer actions, like confuse people. Um, Anyways, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I needed to make the fight more difficult per se, but just the the timing of when the mind flayers sort of crowd control abilities were deployed, I think would have preferred to have the berserkers on the field and then all the thralls on the field and let them sort of clash and cancel each other out, leaving just the party versus just the mind flayers and Agarand. Yeah, I think that's kind of what what we were or at least what I was thinking that would happen, you know, when when I was planning the the battle to happen outside of Tall Hill. So, having said all that, um where your characters have all ended up, we can talk about where where the story ended versus maybe where you thought they would end or hoped they would wind up. So, um oh, Candice, you want to talk about Faye? I think like my my plan had been to pretty much once this was all done, be like, okay, guys, kind of wash my hands of you. We're friends, but I'm just going to walk off and go and do this bard thing that I've wanted to do since the beginning, which was to sing in front of people. But this time I have actual stories to write about. And I knew that she would be changed. And that was something I wanted from her is to be more connected and more human and less naive about the world. But I didn't have any lofty goals for her in terms of like strategic. I thought she would just be a better person now and go off and be a better bard because of it. And that's, I think you probably still have that. I think uh, the only thing that got thrown at me, I was laughing with Matt about it was, I was like, and then you guys threw this fucking council at me. Like I got to do more jobs for you. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I going to say? No. Responsibility. <laughs> you guys are just like, we're going to have this cancel. And I think that maybe Faye would be a great for. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm doing that. Like, sure. Call me out and I'm not working. Katie, what about uh, what about Vanna? Well, like I said, I, I anticipated that it would end with you know, Kalira coming back, and I, I guess I hadn't thought too much about it. But I mean, I suppose I figured I'd be her right hand woman, so to speak, or something like that, having some sort of role in her government, whatever you want to call sure. it. So I think that's kind of where I pictured it ending ending off, but. I'm excited with how it did end off that uh, me and Brita are going to go search for her. And we have the well of many worlds yep. to, to do that. So I'm, I hope that we can kind of uh, revisit her. I'm actually super excited about how that kind of left off. Nice. I actually thought that if, if any member of the party was going to die, it would be Vanna. Really? Yeah. Why? Uh, just when you figured out what Arizax was that you, that you would probably throw caution to the wind and and really give everything that you had to bring him down. Mm. I mean that that made sense to me narratively. Yeah. And in in the last conversation I had with Matt and Sarah, we were thinking that it would be Arizax who would be the last enemy that you fight. That mm-hmm. everybody would go fight the mind flayers together. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't figured out what Arizax was at that point, then he would transform 
you had led him to the ruins where the like the interplanar barrier was sitting, right? It yeah. was it was down there, and then he's like, okay. Now I'm gonna do my thing and try to bring back all the dragons and uh, uh-huh, and so that would have thing. Yeah. Hmm. I think so. sorry, I something that I just remembered we talked about was it wasn't where I was ending up, but I thought might happen was we talked about that Faye would eventually sacrifice herself for the party because she had run away so many times that it would get to this point where she could do something to help like put herself in danger's way instead of turning invisible and that would be like a big character moment for her. But then Spruce died, and I think I remember thinking, we can't all die at the end of this. <laughs> <laughs> You also, after that point, uh, Faye never really would have had an opportunity. I didn't have an opportunity to do anything after that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you almost kind of well, did, did that, have when that you- pretty. You did have that pretty tense uh, encounter with Arizax where you yeah. fell out of a tower for basically a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you survived his fire breath. You you fell through his fire breath and came out the other side and narrowly, you know, succumbed to his attacks. But you you cursed you've kinda of, you're kinda of like the dragon bane. Like you you cursed <laughs> <It's> pretty cool. <laughs> you cursed a red dragon, you, you I get really a bard name, that's it. Ferociously taunted a ghost dragon. Um I get a bard name. Cut, it's you're like the, the dragon bane. Fire, firewalker. Like you went, <laughs> you went through a burning tavern to rescue Brita. You fell through fire in this episode, and uh, where you were falling out of the tower. And um, I'm not saying uh, I didn't do I anything. Think you had some, I think I had some great moments. You did, yeah, absolutely. Tom, talk to us about Gilladab Fablestable. Oh, what a character! <laughs> uh, <laughs> He developed so beautifully. I'm so happy to have seen him grow. (laughs) Um, No, I really love where he ended up. I think Gilly had some thoughts of um, like long-term plans before we um, even did like the whole assault on the city. And he definitely moved from like a very individualistic kind of self-serving person at the beginning. Um, and then opened up more and more as we dealt with more and more factions. I think every time we encountered a new group and then we found out, you know, their issues and how every situation had to be dealt with differently. Um, there was a point where the focus went from him just trying to like make it and be successful and then maybe eventually go back home to being completely committed to finding a better way to like run things and being a part of like all the communities that we met along the way. Mm -hmm. I think with, with tall Hills, it's like the equivalent of when you meet an NPC with a really cute name and then the party just like protects them for life over anything else. (laughs) (laughs) I I just love the people of tall and you threw a party there. So it's it's a little bit your fault too. (laughs) We, like we invested the whole episode we have the final- into saving the sheriff. That was a dream, yeah, dream like, heist, right? Yeah. yeah that so when you came down, you're like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't have the final battle. It's like, we couldn't risk the safety of our friends. I was thinking, like, they're also <laughs> farmers. They're farmers and weak people who don't, who don't want, like, more war coming and killing them all. 
You said it was. Poor like- Van is going to have to say goodbye to the farm boy <laughs> or farm man or whatever his name was before she goes to explore the plane. Oh, that Considering I'm mid- middle aged, I'm going to call him farm man. Farm, farm man. man. <laughs> Plus, yeah. they they already lost Carson, old baby Carson. Yeah. <laughs> And then we moved all our other NPC friends, including Dog, to like what was now our house, you know, the beginnings of a little base. Mm -hmm. And um, having my connections with um, the Thieves Guild and all of that and how that developed was wonderful. Like, I really enjoyed that. And yeah, I was totally setting up a base of operations there for like (laughs) for even after we were done. I would be interested to if if we had um, kept like an in-game calendar. How many actual days did this adventure take? Mm. You know, because you guys like from very humble beginnings, starting like fighting mercenaries that that Faye had dressed up as her mom. Yeah, um, <laughs> that was so good. To was good at the you know fighting like what like the last day of this adventure was fighting Gith Yankee. And dragons and dragonborn and intergalactic squid demons. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. Yeah. <laughs> what? Planetary. Oh. <laughs> yeah, just quite a quite a transformation everybody uh, went mm-hmm. through. And I don't think I've DM'd uh, like a campaign that has gone up to level. What did we end up at level nine? Yeah, yeah. one short of ten, dude. I know. I, I mean, I'm sure we leveled up on the final battle, but did anyone get anything special on level ten? I don't yeah? think so. Really? Level ten's got a lot of stuff, doesn't it? I don't think so. I feel like I got more at level nine than at level ten. Level ten is just a nice even number that we should have got to. <laughs> well, you weren't going to hit level ten anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about me or Spruce who died? Spruce, Spruce, because he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Cool. Well, before we talk about people's guesses for our Bloodstone Dice giveaway, uh, does anybody else have any, uh, any I never, topics? That I never got to on? talk about where I figured Spruce would end up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not dead. Not, <laughs> yeah. Not dead. The end. <laughs> um, no, I, I did want to talk about him for a second, though. Um, so right off the bat, I, I do. I like the progression that Spruce had as well in his character, because um, I feel like it sort of, it sort of mirrored what I, what I kind of created his backstory to be like, where he, you know, trained in this monastery that was all about pacifism. And then the war started and they all stayed out of it because they were pacifists. And he basically said, you know, we have the abilities to, to be, of help to these people who can't help themselves and we should be using that. And they said no. And so he left the monastery to, to join the war. And then our whole campaign, he kind of followed the same sort of um, that same sort of path where he started off very much a pacifist where he wasn't, you know, he wouldn't attack unless attacked first. He really wouldn't, he didn't kill any creatures if he didn't have to, I mean, I don't know how many episodes in we were before he actually, you know, did lethal damage to someone. Um, And then by the end of the campaign, he was, you know, we went through that monastery of monks and he killed a bunch of them. (laughs) Now, Now, granted, they were thralls and he knew that. But, but, you know, he his whole attitude and mind frame of everything really, 
really changed. And he, he started to, I think, become again, much more aware of the greater good and saying these, these sacrifices need to be made in order to save, you know, more people. And I think that's also part of what ultimately led to, to him dying is that he had that, that mind frame of, you know, what's, whatever is best for the greater good. And then the, the sort of, um, honor that he felt and, and the duty that he felt as, as, um, not only part of the Warriors Alliance, but after Shigar was killed and, or after he killed Shigar, um, in the end and, and felt that kind of duty to carry on his legacy and things like that. I think those were, those kind of played into, to, you know, his, running in to try and get the staff and try and, you know, do everything that he absolutely could to, to make sure that, that we accomplished what we were trying to accomplish. So, I mean, do I wish that Spruce didn't die? Sure. Am I super sad that he did? Not really. I, I anticipated at least minimum one of our party members dying. And I don't think it was out of place for it to be Spruce based on the way things went. Um, and based on the number of times he was unconscious throughout the entire campaign as well, <laughs> how many death death saving throws he had to make in general. Um, if Spruce didn't die, I did kind of have some ideas of where I would have liked to seen him end up. Like Katie had said, I also thought that Kalira eventually would come back, that we would see that. And I had thought that, you know, uh, similar to to Vanna being, you know, the, the sort of hand of the, of the queen that Spruce would sort of be the, the, you know, the protector or, or something of, of the city. And then after, after everything with Shigar happened, I saw him as being the leader of the Warriors Alliance and, and whatever, um, which ultimately, I mean, kind of did happen with, with Elasha, um, taking over sort of the head of the Warriors Alliance. And I think for the same reasons, feeling that, that sort of debt to uh, to Shigar and to Spruce. And you did have a um, sort of a legacy moment in episode 52, I think it was, with training up the Tall Hill. Mm. You were talking about naming it like the like a new, it's almost like a new chapter of the Warriors Alliance that yeah. I think the, the game world, the game, like, uh, yeah, the game world was really subject to everyone's influence and has lasting uh impacts from from all the characters um mm-hmm. is your first time playing a monk would you what did you think uh there were things i did and did not like about it <laughs> i i um i didn't feel like a very useful character a lot of the time to be honest um i didn't have any real skills outside of combat i think like, you know, not, no charisma, no ability to be persuasive or threatening really in any way. And then within combat, I, I mean, there were some cool attacks and stuff that he had and being proficient with the glaive and stuff, but you know, he didn't have the ability to deal an insane amount of damage the way that Gilly or Vanna did. Um, he didn't have any spells that he could cast that would help in other ways. So I, I, yeah, I didn't feel like uh and i don't know maybe that's just because it was my first time playing a monk and so i didn't utilize the abilities very well so i think it was it was interesting because it <laughs> in a lot of ways during combat eliminated a lot of decisions that i normally would 
And I mean, don't get me wrong. I still took a long time to make all the decisions like I always do. (laughs) But for anyone listening to this, like, you don't know in the past when I've played sorcerers and warlocks and whatever. Oh, my God. When it's my turn, I'm just like (laughs) paralyzed by the number of spells I can make. But I love being a (laughs) spellcaster. So it was good. It was good in a lot of ways. I think I, I probably just underutilized his abilities half an hour to make a choice and you decide that you don't go with that choice at all you go with a different one i imagine it's very frustrating to play with me as as a character (laughs) that's a spellcaster scandis this was your um second time with me playing a bard second time total yeah yeah would you stick with the bard, do you think? I really like the bard, and you know that. <laughs> That's why I went with it for us recording. Uh, she wasn't, like, our first bard that we played was highly sexual. <laughs> um, and I really stripped her of that. Yeah. <laughs> star, star, where? Except for when you pooped on stage last time <laughs> your other character. It's, that was not it's super strange sexual. that, yeah, you were such a sexual character. Germans. And I've now read, like, the horror stories of D&D where... Normally, it's like a male that plays something and then hypersexualizes it, and how absolutely horrible it is for a party to like have to uh, deal with that. <laughs> so, you managed to pull off a hypersexualized character that didn't make your teammates quit the Yay! game. So, that's but it actually I, worked. I, I did it, it more comedic, right? Like, I did it more comedically, and like, yeah, it was like mm. as soon as someone would come, and I'd be like, "Well, what level of power are you in?" Because mm. it was just about trying to like be famous. But anyway, so with this part, I really stripped them of like, almost any gender, even right. I didn't want her to be mm-hmm. like crazy all over and dating anyone. I think the closest she came was like super admiration to the Bearhards, and to, yeah, and which really, yeah, it didn't come across as romantic <laughs> at all, though. No. I just, I really thought that that would be a really strong alliance and I saw myself in them. So mm-hmm. I saw that as being something I liked, but I really enjoyed the bard. I really love, for me, it's less about the combat. And for me, it's always been more about the social situations. Like that's why I think Faye really thrived at the beginning of the game more when we had things like doing a distraction and I had dressed up the guy like my mother when we had to go places and <laughs> I would say their name three times and somehow <laughs> get it to work every time. and. Those kind of things give me more joy is the actual role-playing aspect of the game. Uh, and in battle, I like being more useful. So I will, like before I have been more like rogues and fighters, but yeah, I don't know. I I like playing a bard. I think if I was going to do a different podcast, like we were going to be picking different characters, I don't know if I'd go with a bard again, but. Katie, what did you think of your character as a, I guess as a character and as a ranger, did you like the ranger? I this is your first time. Yeah, I liked a lot of the abilities of the ranger. Um, I mean, when we were traveling, I feel like I got to use some of those abilities more like, you know, not getting lost and navigating terrain. And I mean, it didn't come in in handy that often, but when it did, it was neat. And I am kind of opposite to Candace in that I really like the combat and like I'm less interested in like the social elements of it. So um, I definitely tend towards characters that deal more damage. I feel like I wish I had maybe a, again, like maybe I did underutilize her, but I feel like I wish like I maybe did have some more spells. Cause I, every time we were in combat, I was either like longbow, longsword. And I felt like really redundant, like, Oh my God, this is the only thing I'm doing, but it 
it also felt like the most effective, but mm-hmm. having a Spike bit more growth. range, maybe the nice bike growth. I, I, I did. Well, yeah. I did that for a while until I lost it. You, you didn't lose, you didn't spike, lose growth. spike growth. No, spike growth. Oh, you like well, eviscerated that I lost? and killed. You killed a lot of things with spike growth. I would say like spike growth was our most beneficial thing. Like in the swamp, you used it in the hallway. Mm. You used it in the, um, that's when we discovered, by the way, that they couldn't see it until the end of the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Wow. I know. Just so nasty. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think you did a good job with that. I always feel like Vanna. Like the, Rangers, the Ranger as a class is really slow to get spells, but their spells are really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ones I did have, I, I did like, yeah. I, I feel like, yeah, there was some that I probably underutilized. I think they're considered sure. a one-third spellcaster. Like a bard is a full-on oh. spellcaster. Who's a half-caster? Like a paladin? paladin? Maybe. Yeah, I think a paladin, and then a ranger would be a one-third caster. Hmm. And then a warlock is a whole different beast. Um, Tom, had you played a rogue before, or was Gilly your first rogue? No, he's my first rogue. I'm happy that I took the arcane trickster, because... I mean, it's been said about me, I guess, like I know the rules and I do plan out how to be like effective, I think. But, you know, I, I that's kind of a strong suit for me uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons. So I almost wanted something that balanced out the character that let me have something that could be used on a more like social basis uh, for role play. Um, and then I did not want to do a rogue to just be like an assassin or a thief because it, it really puts you in a, a very like struck direction and as well as the mechanics like if i was the assassin rogue you thought i killed things well um, with my character gilly like <laughs> the damage is insane like i i w- will say for the defense of the rogue I, I always worry that people think they're like overpowered or that i deal too much but i think all of our characters had the potential to do a lot of damage um you know, it's just how things work out and how you build it over time, too, because we all acquired different items that flavored us and changed how we played. Like, I thought I was going to be melee, and then I got that cool bow, and I gave it a name, and that was it. <laughs> I was using the bow from that. <laughs> Scorpion Hawk. Yeah. I mean, how could I go back? It's true. It's very true. No going back. Okay. Um, is there anything, any any other topic? we should touch on before we look at some guesses from our giveaway. Hmm. Um, <laughs> dog? One question here. No, <laughs> quick question. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I just think that I can talk about dog. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hey, just because you're upset. Dog is going to be the new leader of the city. He's going to be the head of the council. Uh, no, dog. I feel like dog will probably end up back in Tall Point, Tall Hill. Tall Hill, Tall Point, Pharaoh's Hill, uh, <laughs> and and back up in Tall Hill. Um, dog was a, a random addition to your to your party. Yeah, when you were on the road, mm-hmm. I had a table of like random events, and just a stray dog following you was one of the random things and. Boom! Then he's in in it for another. Oh yeah, thirty five episodes. Spy for a little bit. Yeah, at one point we thought he was Mago the doggo. 
We find out at the very end that was actually true the whole time with Mago, but now he's fallen in love with us and he passes on Spruce's legacy. He prefers being, being a dog of because face. people don't judge him when he takes a shit in the road. <laughs> and he got some pretty cool powers. He could transform into different versions of himself. That's got to be like multi-layered for a doppelganger whose doppelganger does a dog. Doggleganger, <laughs> and now he yeah. can transform into other four-legged beasts. Oh, damn! <laughs> oh my god! I think we should. It's like Inception transformation. We should come up with like <laughs> yeah. names for all of our characters. Like Faye is the bane of dragons, bane of dragons, and what else did you say? The unburnt. I think the... you call me Firewalker. Oh yeah, Firewalker, bane of dragons. Like Spruce, the dire of deaths. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Tamer of beasts, maybe. Because <laughs> you tamed dogs. <laughs> sure, a dog. Fondler of horses. <laughs> Fondler of horses. <laughs> that falls under Tamer of beasts. Okay. <laughs> Would you be a kinslayer since you had to, uh, you know, kill your buddy there? Well, he wasn't technically my kin, so I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. Monk, no. monk buster. <laughs> Monk Buster. <laughs> okay, never mind. I don't like this anymore. I take it back. Shaft manipulator. <laughs> crank or cranks. Oh my god. You guys are so funny. Crank master. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> crank yeah. master spruce. Crank master spruce. That's his DJ name. <laughs> Gilly would be the master master of shadows. And that mm. sounds so much better. hearted <laughs> fondler of horses. <laughs> hey, man, I'm not making. Hey, these someone's got to fondle the horses. That's the worst. That'd be so great if you had a party full of like awesome like nicknames, and then one person just has like monk buster, teacher slayer, shaft manipulator. Oh my uh, gosh, this was okay. a bad idea. I take it back. <laughs> Anyways, so on to these guesses. Mm. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. Here we go. I can't breathe. So, what we're going to do here is we're just going to read out these guesses. And then, as a group, we're going to decide whose guess was the, I guess, the most accurate. Um, it doesn't have to be like none of them are super accurate. And I should say, a lot of them were very mean (laughs) in terms of like they they were all like i think thinking that i was going to be very punishing as a dungeon master (laughs) uh you'll you'll pick up on this um some of these ideas was like man that was way better than what i did (laughs) just steal the steal them for next campaign all right okay so our first guess um Friend of mine, Sandro, guessed that Faye uses her influence to convince the Mind Flayers to go home. Yes. <laughs> that is the best one. I feel like that was written by Faye under a cover <laughs> name. Just to hype herself up. <laughs> um, both Taryn Belfry and Philip Brown guessed TPK. Dude, not even close. Someone Thomas Myers. Thomas Myers guessed connectivity issues force you to end the podcast. 
(laughs) (laughs) Too real. A little bit close. Not even global events could stop us from getting the podcast. Coronavirus! (laughs) Okay. Uh, Alex Williams guessed that Brita is going to be a Mind Flayer thrall and that Vanna is going to die. Oh, damn. She's, Ooh, well, we know who she isn't for sure. I mean, <laughs> I said that's it multiple a good times. Idea. But she like came in yeah. and... It's an interesting... But that would have been problematic once you had um, Rumak as your ally because he could have detected mm, the stank. Yeah. Yeah. The mm. flare stank. The taint. <laughs> um, okay, Lucas Villanueva, I hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly, says that he thinks the heroes are going to band together with Agarand and his crew to take on the Illithids, but somewhere in the middle of the fight, as things are looking towards the heroes winning, Agarand will turn on them because he thinks he'll be able to win with them being weaker. Uh, Spruce and Faye that will come close so to dying potentially because uh, one or other... Sorry, either one of them, one of them will become briefly mind-controlled and have to fight their friends. Mm. I oh, also think they may cool. somehow manage to bring Kalira back, whether on purpose or by accident, and she will help them ultimately defeat Agrand after the Illithids are stopped. I think the Githyanki a- they've got with them will end up regaining his honor by killing a number of Illithids before dying in the final battle. Well, Rumok <laughs> turned out to be totally... Useless, kind of a piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> Rumok sucked. That was a really good ending. Yeah, that was yeah, very that well Lucas, thought out. Well, Lucas? Yep. Lucas, yeah, that was my, all Lucas. in my bank for one of the best yeah, ones, because that was answer, the most realistic, yes. and like, I see that happening. Like, very that well thought been. out. Yeah. Well, that's like, what Tim saw happening is that we banded together yeah. with the dragon man, and, you know, we didn't want to make his day easy, so. <laughs> okay, Dave Walsh guessed my best guess is that the final showdown will occur in the underground ruins beneath Ferris Point. Ooh. That's what you thought. The many too. factions, including the heroes, will converge here, apparently battling over either aiding or stopping the dragons from re-entering the material plane. However, the underground ruins will be the crucial location with the ability to facilitate or block travel between planes and a distorted version of Agarand under the insidious Influence of the Mind Flayers will open a planar gate. Um, not to not to Elysium to bring the dragons back, but rather to bring Kalira and the Elder Brain through leading a Mind Flayer contingent. It will be revealed that Kalira has been controlled and distorted by the Elder Brain all along. He actually refers to the Elder Brain as Mother Brain, which to me is so much more creepy and insidious. <laughs> yeah. like, call it Mother Brain? Like, ugh. Um... Uh, reveal that Clearer has been controlled and perverted by the Mother Brain all along and was taken to sow the first seeds of chaos to divide the various people into separate warring factions so they could be more easily conquered. She was the one that New Life was designed for and thus the first to consume it and make herself susceptible to the Mind Flayer influence. Hmm. Whoa. Oh, interesting. These people put more... Mm-hmm. Now, wait. When, you, when we started this contest, did people know already that Agarand was under... Mind flare control? Was it? You, what? Some people in the Dungeon Master group did. Okay. But it hadn't aired yeah. yet. Mm-hmm. Correct. Because I was going to say, like, he totally called that, that mm-hmm. a distorted Agarand would. Uh, yeah, yeah. spot on. Because mm-hmm. that was, yeah, that was spot on. Mm, I think he may have, I think he may have been in the group. I, I don't know for sure, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Hey, he did his homework. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean that was a very well thought out ending, mm-hmm. and the idea really. of the idea that I would build in that twist to bring Kalira back to fight you guys. guys. Yeah. Holy shit! So wait, I think my brain might have broken. Didn't we talk about this at one point? I feel like we talked about this fairly early on in the series that we had we had thought about that as being a possibility. Not that she was already under control. No, but that we th- we, we had thought about, about her coming back as a as a villain, didn't we? Didn't we talk about that? I know. I, I swear remember. we did. Uh, it does not ring a bell. Does not okay. ring a bell. Never mind. Okay. Le- okay. Oh, no, you know what? It was Elwin. It was Elwin. We had talked yeah. about Elwin being a bad guy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And he was. And he was. <laughs> Lane Holbrook. Lane Holbrook guest. The final encounter will take place in Tall Hill, and it's going to be a war on three fronts as the heroes take up a defensive position in the town. The Mind Flayers on one side, and the Gith and Agaran's army team up to deal with the Mind Flayers and the party. The party will call upon Dane, but he will be late to the battle, leaving the heroes alone with what little allies they have in Tall Hill. Elwyn will die, and the Mind Flayers will be able to summon the Elder Brain. Kalira will come with the Elder Brain, but as a thrall, and must be put down, Vena will die, and so will Brita. Again, what? thinking that Kalira would come back as a, as a thrall, which mm-hmm. again yeah. would have been, of all the twists, of all the various twists I built, built in, that would have been the most, I, I have to say, it would have been a fuck you twist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that would have been really disheartening for the characters, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Damn. These I people think, are cold. <laughs> like, as Faye came in, yeah. Faye had come in and didn't even want to be part of all this, just saw this random woman she had no connection to disappear, and she comes back as the bad guy, be like, the hell are we doing all this for? <laughs> I had the idea that, uh, because Faye had never actually... Have you seen Kalira even? Not until I walked into there and she just disappeared in a red light. Oh, so barely. So yeah. she could have come back and just as a as a villain and Faye would have not necessarily recognized her and just been like, kill her. Yep. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> All right. Okay. We got a we got a guest from our good friend Fozzie Peach. Yeah, Fozzie Peach. Of the four heroes, I'm expecting Spruce to die in the campaign's final battle against the <gasps> Elder Brain. Oh, Faye that's will close be enough. rendered. Faye will be rendered unable to speak permanently. <laughs> Vanna oh. and Gilly will make it out alive. I also think Erizax <laughs> will turn on the Githyanki and use the Iron Guardians to wipe them out. Redlam Feynman will go triple platinum for his folktale of <laughs> all Bagrand and the Dragonborn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, red man. He just wanted Faye to never talk again. That's really all that happened there, too. <laughs> I mean, he uh, called Spruce's called, death for sure. Yeah. It wasn't against the Elder Brain, but yeah. No. yeah it's in the ballpark. It's yeah. in the ballpark for sure. Um, Derek Sharman said that the ending consists of either Lilith or Brita being thralls. The heroes are victorious, but Vanna dies killing Brita. <gasps> oh. What? That's three people calling for my death so far. Holy No, so they're not. No, I know, but. Geez. They think you will. <laughs> I know. You ran away. It's like okay. It. <laughs> Saved by <Okay>. cowardice. <laughs> it wasn't my choice. <laughs> Nevertheless. Okay. S- Stephen, Stephen Ray. I hope I'm pronouncing the last name correctly. This, the last two guesses are short stories, essentially. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. Yes. The mind flares are trent- entrenched in Pharaoh's Point and will not come out in their entirety. The Gith are going to raise the city 
to get the Mind Flayers and kill those who are tainted by new life. The players will be stuck with the enemy of my enemy is my friend. The Mind Flayers are going to attempt to warp in the Elder Brain. Since the players rescued Elwyn, they don't have the calibration right. So the Mind Flayers don't have the correct means to summon the Elder Brain. They will fail again. Instead of the Elder Brain, they will bring in the Dragons. To add to the chaos and the carnage, the dragons will begin the attack and the dwarves will move move in and to attack the dragons. Uh, it will end with Agrand and Erizax will actually come out on top getting what they wanted. Dragons have conquered a new home and some will wish to stay there. The dragons wanting to return home will be willing to negotiate. For now, there's, there's the plot for the next campaign, he says. <laughs> what to do now that the Mayan players have been defeated but the dragons are back? And no one knows what their plans are. Spruce will probably nobly sacrifice himself. Uh-huh. I think he says, sorry, try to nobly sacrifice himself, but it either won't work or won't happen. If anyone dies, I think it's going to be Vanna or Gilly. <laughs> Brita will probably die trying to save Vanna. Vanna just isn't built to take damage, and Gilly may find himself overextended and may make the sacrifice Spruce wanted to make. Uh, I talk about no damage. Thank you, people. Well, I will say that <laughs> Vanna has Vanna has the toughness feat, so I think had the most hit points out of anyone. Yeah. Uh, Faye will Faye will lose her will to sing and retire to only write and telling the tales of brave adventurers and lost friends. Yeah, I mean, I like so that no one's killed guess. me off yet. Some people really. Yeah, I think I just got my first mention. Yeah, they were like, and they said overextended because they know how much work you do. I also like that it was like <laughs> Spruce is going to try and sacrifice himself, but it's not going to work. But Gilly will end up making the sacrifice that Spruce wanted to make. Like Gilly swoops in and is like, <laughs> just takes Spruce's moment of glory and dies in the process. I mean, kind of. You tried and you did die, which sort of sacrificed yourself, but Gilly still swooped in and took the moment. <laughs> I guess, I guess yeah, I guess you so. did run off on your own to try and save the day, and then I ran off on my own, ignoring your potential death. <laughs> <laughs> so you you did pretty. make a big sacrifice. It just wasn't your life that you sacrificed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you tried. You and very you tried nobly, it, very nobly sacrificed Spruce. <laughs> I love it. All right, we have one more? Yep. This is from Edson Rodriguez. The heroes, along with their allies, will return to Pharaoh's Point. Along the way, I get the feeling that either Gilodob or Spruce will rise up and possibly return to Shigara's resting place and actually take the sword that they had left with the possible promise of returning it after the battle. <laughs> I don't think anybody was equipped to or, or like uh, built to wield a great sword. I think Faye was. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Once, they, all once they arrive at the city, it will most likely be absolute utter chaos, more so than they imagined. I theorize mm-hmm. that at least one of the members of the Tattoo Trust, Tattoo Trust will be taken cact- captive. I almost said taken cactus. <laughs> <laughs> and that will give them clues as to where to find the Mind Flayers. They will begin distribution of the cure and likely set up that meeting with Erizax, and with the Gith as onlookers, will successfully deliver it to him as well. Likely, they'll try to steal or destroy the Staff of Control, and a battle will ensue. During the battle, with both sides already weak, they'll learn news of a big explosion or a big commotion, 
and it will be the master plan in motion. Heading over to where the event is happening, they'll finally run into Agarad. He will be leading a bunch of thralls, and the party will have to work together with Erzax to bring him down. And in the process, possibly rescue the lost trust member. This won't stop the Mind Flayer's plan, however. They will either capture Erzax with the commotion or somehow make off with the components the party carries for the portal and begin the ritual to summon the Elder Brain. Once they get there, they'll see Erzax being used to channel the energy required to complete it. Elwyn will tell them the mechanism and possibly a way to destroy it. And while the party fights the Flayer's defenses around the portal, one of them will follow Elwyn's instructions and assist him in getting to the portal. Elwyn will give his life to alter the portal and will, and it will activate. However, he manages to activate it in such a way that the Elder Brain is not only denied entrance, but Clear is summoned and with some degree of magic Aww. manages to heal the party back up for a second win. A battle will ensue and the heroes and all of their allies to this point eventually manage to wipe out most, if not all, of the Mind Flayers. The Gith will leave, but unbeknownst to the party, make off with some form of relic or valuable items because they are raiders after all. Mm-hmm. Morning will come, and the road to recovery shall begin. Enna will replace Elwyn as Clear's advisor. Gilly will run the guild now. Party members, I don't want any of them to die, but my guess is going to be Spruce or Vanna. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone. You know, guys, it's because you were the ones who are the most likely to run in and yeah. do something. And Spruce is the most likely to trip yes. over his own two feet and do nothing. <laughs> Joking, I love you. Gildog's <laughs> deeply offended. To die. <laughs> oh, he is. And Faye's too useless to even be put in that position. All right. So, <laughs> so here's my here's my personal opinion. I think um, Fozzie Peach uh, guessed Spruce's death. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Mm-hmm. Stephen Ray correctly names the location. Uh, Edson also correctly names the location. Guess he sort of leaves it. Uh, he says Spruce or Vanna. I don't know if if we were awarding points, how many points that would be worth. Was that the last one? Yeah. Yeah, predicting one party member dying is pretty significant. Like there was a lot of detail. All those TPK people, you know, they it. fail. At. <laughs> <laughs> if we're sheerly t- just tallying up the number of of things that are correct or close to being correct with what happened, I think Edson has the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, tally, tallies in his column. Yeah, I'm going to go with Edson. Then? Yeah, I That's think so. Yeah. All right, yeah, Edson, so. congratulations, buddy. You get this cool set of bloodstone dice. Yeah. Woo. Excellent. Excellent. They were made with Spruce's own blood. (laughs) You have to keep them frozen at all times. (laughs) Good guesses from everyone, though. There was a lot of really cool things in there. A lot of cool narratives that would have been really cool if they had played out. Yeah, I I liked a lot. That was a lot more there. Some people put a lot more thought and effort into those than I kind of anticipated, which is really nice. Me too. Yeah. yeah, maybe a little more thought and effort than we put into our final plan. But, you, know. <laughs> I <actually was> thinking. <laughs> you know what? All it's right. a lot harder okay. in the moment, okay? It is. We put a lot of I effort into it. It's, just, <laughs> it's always a hard choice. All right. Well, um, why don't we wrap it up there? Um, I'm sure this will not be the last uh, time that we are recording. Are you mm-hmm. sure about D and D? We're we're still trying to figure out what the podcast is going to look like going forward. But uh, I want to thank everybody 
here for being part of uh, our party. Thank thank you for everybody who listened uh, to this campaign. Mm-hmm. And thank thanks to everybody who entered that giveaway. Um, we love you. Bye. Bye. Yeah, thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>